The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it Mondays here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Herd at Sports. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, and you. And a lot to get into. It is Nebraska Northwestern Week. Cover your eyes and ears and duck. This thing's been painful for a long time. Does it change for Nebraska? We'll get ready for Nebraska Northwestern. 489-1240-489-1240 to dial up. 800-825-5865. As uh, you can catch us uh, wherever you hear us on the Hale Varsity Radio Network. Watch the show. Comment on the show with the YouTube channel, Hale Varsity YouTube. Subscribe to that. Give us a follow. Find us on the Hale Varsity Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. So you can find Elijah on Twitter at Herbal Essence. You can find me, Chris Schmidt, at Schmidt underscore radio. We'll hit some rule rewind. The topic of one quarter Nelson this segment as well. The NFL Wild Weekend, some Major League Baseball, and the Blackshirt Hour to commence. That is a little less than an hour away. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie. Coach will join us, get his thoughts on this big red football team and the opportunity ahead for them. Jay Moore, big red wrap-up, Blackshirt Husker NFL are also with us in hour two. Can send an email if you like, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Did you, as we quote our boy Matt Schick and Nick Baugh, enjoy the bye? Did you relax? Did you watch football? Did you hunker down? Did you have some sweet meats? Did you pour a lot of alcohol? Did you go to the pumpkin patch? Quite frankly, a parent submission by me. There's a lot of things I'd rather do. Maybe blowtorch, nail gun, wandering in traffic. I was never a big pumpkin patch guy. Took, oh. took Junior once. There's pictures to prove it, but uh, thankfully I was <laughs> I was working, uh, so I didn't have to. I'm not a big pumpkin patch or hay rack ride guy. Nor am I. Ever. Nor am I. I just, I just don't quite see why you'd pay money to it. Like, you know what you should do? I know you have to. No, you don't. <laughs> you know you Simple have that. to. No, you don't. If you're going to spend the money, go to something that's actually fun like a renaissance fair, you know? You ever been to a renaissance fair? No. Damn good time. Well, you have turkey legs and... The food is better, the drinks are better, the people you run into are weirder and therefore a little more entertaining in that way. It's not like a whole bunch of people that are there for the Instagram aesthetic and they're wearing their nice outfits. No, and, and, if, and if the... Um, or it's a group of like high school... If the scenery jerks of age, of course, looks like some of the cast members from Game of Thrones, we can talk. Oh, yeah. I mean, just a merry, happily married guy. I'm just saying it's a Game of Thrones. Those outfits were, uh, were, were flattering. Yeah, first time I went to Renaissance Fair was in high school. I'm like, I am coming back for sure. Look at the maidens around here. <laughs> 
<laughs> you went maiden on me. Well, I like it. A lot of corsets. Uh, yeah, but- yes, corset, not corsage. I always say when it comes to prom. <laughs> <laughs> when okay. I was going to prom. Well, but no, no, I did not go to the pumpkin patch. I, for the most part, parked myself on my couch and watched football for it was awesome. 12 hours on Saturday and another it was 12 hours on Sunday. Glorious. Combined with the three and a half hours I spent on Friday night. It doesn't get any better than that. Doesn't get any better no, than that. Was, the food was, was all right. I I made what I call human dog food this weekend, and that was just like all my meals. It was just rice, ground beef, and some eggs. Human dog food. Boom. You throw some hot sauce in there. It's easy. It's cheap. It doesn't require me to get off my couch and do much. I got ditched by Junior Sunday. Was going to do brunch with him, but he went and picked up a little bit more of a work shift. Shout out to our friends Gary Michaels. Getting Uncle Uncle uh, Nate uh, Gary uh, celebrating forty years. Got to got to be with them Saturday night, so that was cool. Super happy and proud of them. We'll get to your calls. We'll dive in. We'll talk recruiting here. And Carter Nelson, the uh, freak out meter is where for you as a Big Red football fan. And yes, that rule rewind. Who's kicking us off? Tim is with us here. Tim, 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 thanks for hanging on. Tim, go ahead. Hey, I love the show. Uh, everything about it. Old time jock hair, football weightlifter. I got to ask, high school, college, and pros, why are these guys not wearing pads, knee pads, big thigh pads? Don't even look like they're wearing hip pads. I just got to know what's changed from when we used to break bones. To now. Well, I, I let, think, let me in. Tim, here's my here's my theory, and thanks, and I know, man, I go back to the, even the Makovica era, and I'm just, he's going to punch me for dating him, saying like, that's old. It's not that old or, or long ago, but, I mean, fullbacks had a neck roll and giant pads, and they murdered linebackers. Big old linebackers did the same. Now you've got barely anything covering your shoulders. The thigh pads are tiny. Tim, you're right. There's no knee pads. And I think it's more of a comfort thing. With, with, where with the knee pads and thigh pads especially. You just want to be able to be more mobile, yeah, more and, agile. And, pads. and the, the new thing is they don't actually wear pads. The guy, you know, you're the uh, like as a youth football player, you, you, had, always you had to put your freaking pa- pads in the pants? Saturday night before the the game Sunday. Yes, they don't do that anymore. No, you've you've got like they're almost like shorts, the compression shorts yeah. that you wear underneath that that have the pads, which are now much thinner and much more flexible, so that you're able to move. In no them. one's tackling in practice, Tim. So it doesn't matter. There's only about seven teams uh, in college that hit and tackle. Actually, I'm joking, of course, but. Yeah, there, there's less of it. And, and realistically, from being somebody who kind of went through that change, I don't think I, – I, I was a lineman, so it didn't change all that much for me anyway. Didn't change all that much. It's kind of like a, a toughness thing, but, like, really, the, the shots still hurt the same amount whenever they hit you down there. So people just said, you know, what's the point of wearing added padding if it's still going to hurt and it makes me less mobile? The, the, old, the old hip pads that stuck out, man. I mean, the, the, and the those, tailbone pad that snapped in. Those are the worst. I know, but some of us didn't. I was happy to see those go. Yeah, I'm sure. Tim, did that answer, did that answer the question for uh, you? Yep, I appreciate it, guys. Have a good one, brother. Thanks for the phone call. 489-1240. Why aren't guys wearing pads anymore? I don't know. I guess they want that, that, that bone bruise to, to, to feel. Well, it's, it's kind of the, the change in the game of, of football, of becoming more speed-oriented, mobility-oriented. You know what? It's what it is. You're, you're going to, like, 
you, you ever uh, seen the the old interview with with Ed McCaffrey and the the McCaffrey kids have talked about how Ed like back in their youth football games would go and cut up their knee pads and thigh pads in the same way he he cut his up because he to make he kind of started the revolution of tiny tiny shoulder pads tiny shoulder pads and as well as like barely wearing any knee pads barely wearing any thigh pads and it was in his eyes because of the mobility factor and that's the thing and then once everybody else is doing it you don't want to be the loser on the field that's got the giant knee pads and the giant thigh pads because now everyone's going to be talking trash about you like they're going to be targeting you from across the way look at that guy with the giant knee pads on he must be a real sissy we're going to go hit him like that's that's kind of the mentality that it comes into so it's it's combined of like the skill position guys want some more mobility than everyone else in the team doesn't be want to be that one guy that's still got the giant pads give me the neck roll like you, i want to go caveman I like the neck roll. Give me the big pads. Just protect me. All right, says the <laughs> says the old guy. Let's get into Carter Nelson. We'll hear from Rule. We'll get that rewind in a bit. Uh, open phones for you this full hour. So uh, we'll we'll take those. 489-1240 or 800-825-5865. Colin, talk about Renaissance Fest and all the maidens No, I, 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 <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Do you have a maiden? Um, listen. Level of concern about Carter Nelson Anonymous has chimed in, was told by someone who should know Carter won't change his mind. That from our faithful anonymous listener in the stream, our viewer in the stream, the Hale Varsity YouTube and channel. If I remember correctly, Anonymous at one point in one comment said they were from the Ainsworth area. So Sure. Just to let you So know. I'll say this about, about Carter Nelson. One, good for him. He got to go to Notre Dame and USC, and he got to be on the sideline. Wasn't much of a game. It wasn't the Bush Push uh, classic from 05. In fact, if you're an Irish fan, Jim Hansen, you're still probably celebrating 48 to 20. You, you, you trashed Lincoln and company. You whacked the reigning Heisman winner, and you did it in physical, unrelenting style. For Carter Nelson, you've got to get three and a half hours from Ainsworth to Omaha slash Fremont region. You hop on a, a on a jet and then you get to, to South Bend. We'll hear from Matt Rule this segment on recruiting because he wasn't he can't answer directly about Carter Nelson, but he was asked about being out and about uh, around the state which he was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And, and also, what is your policy? You go somewhere else while you're committed, we pull your scholarship. That's how a lot of college football coaches work. It's a commitment thing. You, you, you got a girlfriend or are you single? <laughs> okay? And, and I think Matt Rule gets with their, the, and he'll talk about this, but there's, there's two types of recruits. There's a tier one and there's a tier two. The tier two are more replaceable. We got to develop you anyway. The tier one, dude, I think you're really good. We want you here. Go do you, and uh, let's just stay uh, communicating. I uh, I don't blame Carter Nelson for checking out the Irish. I don't blame Carter Nelson for hanging with some buds that he's trained with and and done some work with uh, in in the the Omaha region. And he got to go check out a, a pretty sick atmosphere. Uh, Elijah and I w- would have been happy to, 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 to be along for the ride on that because 
we were just bitching about, well, what's our what's our bye week bucket list last Friday? What football game or team or event or game or rivalry can we go check out if Nebraska's not playing? Listen, he's going to be back in Lincoln on Saturday and, and probably a few more. You can't take him for granted. Matt Rule has not and won't take him for granted. And there's a, a bigger bigger picture here, and that's part of Matt Rule's theme. Nebraska's offense right now can't pee a drop consistently. Maybe in two games they'll be better. But right now, Elijah, this ain't the same painting you're going to see a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. That's the, that's the hope and that's the goal for Nebraska on offense. Right now they're just trying to figure out a way to win. Yeah, and to bring this back to the Renaissance Fair comparison. Can we? (laughs) If you have a significant other that is firmly out of your league and they have taken a chance on you and things are nice and happy, you don't go to the Renaissance Festival and take pictures with the maidens. It's as simple as that. You're you're, you're asking for trouble. Now, if it's the other way around and you're taking pictures with the maidens, things things are a little different. If you pull the Ryan Burgundy, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> and that's probably a terrible comparison, but you got to get where I'm coming from in terms of these two tiers that Matt Rule kind of laid out today. There's one where that commit, you know what, you're fighting tooth and nail with people across the country, and if they want to go check out Notre Dame versus USC because it's a Husker bye week and it's a great game, and you know what, Notre Dame's going to make a recruiting pitch while they're there, you, you put up with it and you say, you know what, that's your right to go do because we feel lucky to have you in our class. We're going to keep fighting for you. It's another thing completely if you as the program, like, hey, we were your first Power 5 offer. We took a chance on you six months ago. You committed to us, and now you're going and checking out other programs? Like... Dude, know your know your spot. Be grateful. Here's the thing: Notre Dame is not going to quit knocking on that door, Mm-mm. and and they they have they have been to Ainsworth, you know, and there was transition. Let's hear from Matt Rule when it comes to recruiting his policy. Uh, when it comes to, to looking around, this was Coach Rule from today. First of all, we're not recruit. I never. I have this thing: you never get mad because you have to recruit somebody, right? So we're like. You know, I, you know, I didn't just take this job. I'm sure you guys have had other opportunities. You've looked at other jobs before. So I only want people to come here if they really want to be here because I know what we're going to demand of them, but I also know what we're going to pour into them. And so I want people to come here eyes wide open. So, um, you you know, you, you have to understand that sometimes you fall into like two tiers. There's guys that like, hey, we'll wait till signing day four. And you know what I mean? Like, hey, we, we're, we're going to battle for you till the very end. And then as numbers crunches happen and things like that, there's some guys that like, hey, if you want to look around and just move on, we're going to, you know, so. But when it comes to players that like, you know, we know can really help us, they've got got to look, they've got to do it. They've got to do their due diligence because when they come here, I want them locked in here. I want them here for the long haul. And I want them here for the right reasons. Rule continued on with the recruiting philosophy here about Nebraska, and they are going to keep doing their own chest thumping. Uh, but, with with Nebraska and, and where they're at, but we're not. A, I'm not. We're, we're not second to anybody, and we're not backing down from anybody in recruiting. Um, recruiting is a lot different now, right? There's different things tied to it sometimes, but it, when it comes down to just where a player wants to go, I have no problem. When players have called me and said, "Hey, coach, I'm going to go visit this game or go visit this school," I said, "Have a great time. <laughs> have a good time." You know, um, if they're thinking about, you know, sometimes it goes a little further than that. Then I have to make decisions. The thing that's going to be hard for us is. Not hard, but a lot of our seniors, a lot of our guys that have COVID years are having really, really good experiences. Ramir Johnson the other day, you know, if we can, he's going to come back for his sixth year. 
like a guy that when I got here, they weren't people weren't sure if he'd even stick around for this year. He wants to come back for his sixth year. So we treat players really well. Um, we care greatly about them, and we also push them. And so a lot of guys aren't going to want to leave the program. Like Marcus, you know, Washington said, Coach, is there any way I can get an extra year? I said, man, you were dying to get out of here, and now you don't want to leave. You know, I love Marcus Washington. So um, we'll have to do some – we'll have to figure some things out roster-wise, you know, as we move forward because um, guys aren't – you know, some guys will want to move on. Some guys will want to stay, and I think that's a really good thing. But, yeah, we're not afraid to recruit. So that is Matt Rule. We'll have more of the Rule Rewind coming up here. 489-1240. My level of concern for the Carter Nelson Notre Dame thing is, is it a two, maybe a three right now? And does that grow? I think if Nebraska doesn't do their job on the field, it could. But we'll get into that because a pretty – in-depth discussion today from Matt Rule and the big picture and what's ailed the program. Great to have you in. More of your comments, too, on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. We'll continue on a Monday. Hale Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity, powered by Hurt Ad Sports. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Chris at HaleVarsity.com or 489-1240. Panic level is what on Carter Nelson? I'm at a two, maybe a three, that he uh, ends up going somewhere else. I think Nebraska's okay, but they can't ignore the pursuit by a team like Notre Dame and others. Uh, Cutter chimes in with uh, some... Beer half full thinking, what if Carter Nelson's doing an inside job and was trying to flip recruits <laughs> that are going to Notre Dame to come to Nebraska? Uh, I, I like that, Cutter. Let's go check the uh, the visitors list real quick. And while I do that, I will say I think my concern's a little higher than yours. I'd probably put it at a, at a four and is a it, half. Is it more the future of Notre Dame? Because we, we know it's apples and oranges where the programs currently are at. Notre Dame's in the top 10. Notre Dame's knocking on a playoff door, potentially. And they're, uh, they're, they're winning big games in, in big-time moments. Nebraska's trying to, to win three out of four, four out of five. They're, they're worried about Northwestern here and trying to fix some, some big-picture ailments of the program we're all boy jeff we love uh, having beers with you out in boulder jeff positive note notre dame only had uh two uh completions out of 13 to tight ends but you did see xavier watts go off a omaha product the nebraska kid good for 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 watts at the safety spot so th- there there is that there, there's not too many nebraskans that have gotten away i think I get him confused. Junior Bryant or Bryant Young, one of the two, great defensive tackle, went to Notre Dame, was an Omaha kid. So I'm, I'm 50-50 on who, but I know it was Junior Bryant or Bryant, Bryant Young. I think it was Junior Bryant. Went to the NFL. Ty Good, grew up with Ty, incredible player at Southeast, uh, phenomenal ball player. Uh, Ty went to Notre Dame and uh, is, is super successful now. And, and then you've got Watts. I mean, those are the three Nebraskans that, that went to the Irish as Carter Nelson elsewhere. Nebraska's got to do it on the field. 
but there's got to be trust and belief that it's going to be different, Elijah, and better where Nebraska is knocking on the door of success uh, beyond, hey, can you beat Northwestern? Can you win at Illinois? Can Nebraska go play well and perform in big games? But you got to crawl before you walk, and that's what Rule's working on now. I've uh, been doing some research over here of who was actually at that Notre Dame game over the weekend. Please tell me. Uh, both uh, the Rezac brothers were at the game. Sure. So that could be some peer recruiting. But I'm sitting here. There was a kid named Bryce Young. No, not that Bryce Young. There was a recruit named Bryce Young that was there. And I think based on name alone, it's a, a kid you want. I've, I only know one Bryce Young to compete in college football, and he was pretty dang good. But the more shocking one to me, and maybe this will make you feel old, Schmitty, Jerome Bettis Jr. Oh, yeah, the buses boy. Yeah, he's a class of 2025 wide receiver from down in Georgia. And it does appear as if he's going to Notre Dame. That was his fourth time visiting the school and the third time this school year alone that he has gone and visited Notre Dame. So Notre Dame is the clear favorite there. But how about that for feeling old? Jerome Bettis Jr. is a class of 2025 kid being recruited. He's got 16 total offers across the country. And Purdue just offered him in the Big Ten. So that's uh, that's just an interesting name. I, it makes me feel I remember Jerome Bettis from my childhood years. Look at you. And, and you got uh, you got the... You got the Pittsburgh Jerome Bettis years and the uh, the Super Bowl championship in 05. Was there years before the Pittsburgh years? Oh, yeah. I think he was drafted by the Rams, bro. <laughs> I'm kidding, but you're all you right. Don't re- you don't he remember, was the only ones I You don't remember because you were, you were not even close to being born yet. Uh, I remember Jerome Bettis going off in the Sugar Bowl against Spurrier and the Gators, and it was the emerald green jerseys that Notre Dame wore in the Sugar Bowl where there's this 260 pound beast getting fullback trap and dive carries running all over Spurrier's Gators. This was 92 or 93 Sugar Bowl. Remember watching that thing with my old man and it's like, oh, look at Notre Dame beating the hell out of Florida. This is kind of cool. This is before Notre Dame and Florida State. This was the 92 season, 93 Sugar Bowl. But that's how I, that's where I like Boom, burst on. Closet Notre Dame fan. Not going to lie to you. Love Chris Zorich. All right, love Stonebreaker. Uh, love Tony Rice. Love the 88 National Championship team. Uh, you have um, Barry Alvarez, their defensive coordinator, on that, on that Irish team. And I love their schedule. They beat Miami. They beat USC. And I wish Nebraska would have played them in a bowl game. Never got to see it. Scott chimes in here on the stream and says, with Jerome Bettis Jr., dare we call him the short bus? <laughs> no, <laughs> not in 2023. We don't dare call him the, the short bus, but Scott, appreciate it. No, it kind of makes sense, though. I mean, he is a little smaller than his dad. Well, sure. He's a, he's a wideout. Uh, let's hear a little more from, from Matt Rule. And this was fascinating today at the press conference. Uh, you have the, the big picture topic and Matt Rule. Uh, laid out what is ailing this program. And it comes down to a question that was asked, and it was a good question. Hey, man, the, the West is wide open. It wasn't framed that way, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Wisconsin just got beat. Iowa's coming to Lincoln. Man, and there's a bunch of one and two teams in, in the Big Ten West, Illinois. They just kind of surprised Maryland. You guys got to be liking your chances to, to survive in the West. And, and maybe make some noise. And that's, that's decent thought. But 
Rule's quick to, to put that fire out, not for this program right now. Yeah, I'm not worried about the big picture. I think that's the problem uh, with Nebraska football. I think that's why we've gone one and five down the stretch most years, looking at things outside of just going one and zero this week, evaluating the offensive, defensive coaches, evaluating the offense versus the all the all this this stuff outside the program. Um, I'm, I'm going to do my best to keep it from infiltrating the program. We've got to get away to get one and zero this week. We've got to try to improve this week. Um, it's going to be a real challenge to me. Um, you know, I had a chance to watch the teams we play. I was really, really happy to see Illinois play well, you know, because obviously anytime we play someone, we beat them, and then we see them play well. It makes us feel good about who they are. I saw Northern Illinois go get a huge win over a 5-1 Ohio U team. So, you know, I feel good about where our team is, um, but our team has got to eliminate the looking past just what's important this week. When we got embarrassed at Michigan, we didn't think about anything else other than Friday night, and we were locked in. And we're going to find out about myself as a head coach and our coaches and our players and our staff. Can we, can we have that same focus this week? We better. You know what the problem's been is the the want to fast forward, Elijah. And it's it's maybe some staffs, maybe some players, and for sure the fans. You sure as hell want to skip the pain, and I don't blame you. And get to get to nine and one, and all right, it's always been a conference title or a division title. And let's go play in the conference championship game and see where the the ball bounces for a, for a good bowl berth. And that's that's been void for too many years here. And you get one win, and you just think it's going to be automatic. Well, in reality, you got to put the work in and and really drill down in this league because of how best way to word to put is exhausting. The Big Ten West is. It's a lot of things. It needs a lot of lipstick. But it's not for the faint of heart, and it sure as hell isn't for teams that, that are too good for a moment on, on a Saturday. And the, the front-running part, too, is where Rule really gets deep here. We'll get there in a minute. But that's, that's a one-two punch, man. You've got to learn how to block, and that's what he's working on. And, and part of, of what I think about when I hear that statement is I have to go back to what Matt Rule said following the Illinois game where he talked about enjoying the process of watching these these young men figure out how to go out and win football games, figure out how to win, figure out uh, you know what you need to do to pick up your teammates and, and get through that finish line. And I think that's huge this year, and it's easier said than done, obviously, to be able to, to sit back and say, you know what, you have to take it step by step and understand that these guys have to learn how to win, and that's an enjoyable process or can be in and of itself, but is not – is it not part of the process of learning how to win to understand how to take advantage of the opportunities that your opponents give you? And that's whatever I, that's what I look at whenever I look at the Big Ten West right now, is right now all the other schools in the Big Ten West are giving you a, a damn good opportunity. You start the year in conference play 0-2, and, and yet... And, you're, and, and you have a chance to even up and and control your own destiny. And, and it comes down to going 1-0 and every single week. And I understand whenever you have a team that's just learning how to win, going 1-0 and every single week is easier said than done, but... Part of that, to me, is understanding that your foes in the Big Ten West have given you a giant opportunity to, to close this season and control your own destiny. And, and I, I think part of that process is, is seeing what Nebraska does with that opportunity over the, the final six weeks because I feel a hell of a lot better about Nebraska's chances of making a bowl game here on a Monday than even I did five days ago during the bye week. When you look at what the Big Ten West did this past weekend, they gave you an opportunity not only to go make a bowl game, 
but to go out there and, and have a chance in the Big Ten West as a whole. And there's a lot of problems with this Husker football team right now. I think that much is evident, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But you look across the Big Ten and everyone's got problems on one side of the football, if not both sides of the football. So they're leaving you a massive opportunity here. I want to see what this team does whenever they have an opportunity in front of them. Because again, as I said, that's a part of a rebuild. That's a part of your tr- team learning how to win is what are you going to do with said opportunity? Do you have enough supervision within the locker room and within the coaching staff to not botch something. Mm -hmm. That's what it comes down to. Uh, Walter chimes in, uh, Big Ten West is a catastrophe of biblical proportions. Uh, Don't disagree. That's a uh, a rinse and repeat type comment that I think you can use just about every single fall. You can use it every every week uh, in in the Big Ten. A little bit more from from Matt Rule with the Rule Rewind uh, when it comes to fans versus Players and, and Rule was asked about uh, the you know fans looking ahead and Rule was quick to, to to praise the fans but players can't fall into that trap. Well, I love Husker fans. Let me say that. Okay, I'm talking about the team. You know, like like the only reason why we have the opportunities we have is because there's so much care about the program. Um, I just have to make sure our players don't act like fans. They act like the guys that are going to go out and play, and so. If you're not careful, you know, like, like, then all these things start to infiltrate the team. And so um, I go back and I just look at history, okay? You look at the, the team, look, look at Nebraska football over the last eight to ten years in the second half of the season. It's abysmal, okay? That's not a knock on anyone. I respect the heck out of those guys. Those are good coaches. But, like, we're not, we can't be the type of team that, oh, we lose, we, we're, we lost to Colorado, we're embarrassed, we come back, we win. We play okay, not very great against La Tech, right? We, then, then we go out, we get embarrassed against Michigan. Now we're embarrassed. Now we can play great against Illinois. We just can't be that team. I'm not, I don't want to coach that team, and our players don't want to be a part of that team. So that's what it is. We'll have some more thoughts from Coach Rule. More thoughts from you. Hour one rolls forward at Tail Varsity, powered by Herdat Sports. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One, hold on. We have one more segment before we <laughs> get to Charlie McBride. I got to take a breath here. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. It's Hale Varsity. A reminder to get buckled up. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol impaired driver. Why take chances if you drink? Don't drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office, more comments from you in the stream yard. We'll get there, 489-1240. can also dial us up at a bit of a rural rewind right here as Nebraska gears up for Northwestern. And pretty philosophical today from Rule. And I don't think that was his intent. He asked was asked questions and he answered questions, Elijah, on Nebraska's big picture problem. Uh, players not looking ahead and battling the outside noise. I mean, outside noise here is something that you'd like to think can be ignored or brushed off. That's not necessarily been the case for Nebraska. There's this thing out there that I can hear, right, about like, you know, is this coach doing a They're all doing a good job. This program's not in good shape. <laughs> they're all doing a great job, I think. And so I'm in charge of this football program. Like, Sat would love to go no huddle and score 50 points. Tony would love to blitz every play. I run the program. And so we're playing as a team. So all that other stuff, it's, it's, it's why we haven't been to a bowl game. We're the only Power 5 team that hasn't been to a bowl game in a long time. So if I start talking about bowl games, 
I'm part of the problem. So the fans are supposed to do this. My daughters, dad, if we go to a bowl game, can I have Taylor Swift? My daughters are fans. Right? They're, they're supposed to do that. I just got to get the team to be really locked in to like today, tomorrow. Because think about Coach Braun, the job that he's done. He comes, comes from North Dakota State, takes this job in Northwestern. He's the D.C. Coach Fitzgerald, great friend of mine, a man I respect, gets let go. He steps in as the interim head coach. He's on a one-year deal, and he's got this team battling, man. They're fighting for their lives. What are we doing? You know, what, what are we going to be like? We'll find out on Saturday. So that's the message I put out there usually on Mondays when I feel this because I want our players to have that mentality, but they will. I want our staff, and I hope our fans come to this game as locked in and as thinking this game is as important as anything else because I respect the team we're playing, and I respect the coaching staff. To be in the situation they're in, to be down 21 points and to fight back man that's that says a lot about the character we better have the same character so Elijah what do you think of of that with the 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 narrative that's been out there and we've say we are the outside noise <laughs> well we we are but I think we're we're pretty and this isn't to like break our arm patting ourselves on the back but I think we're we're pretty fair I think it's okay to question I think it's okay to all right uh should they be better at xyz but I also absolutely respect and value Coach Rule's take. He's the he's the foot excuse me, he's a football coach. I mean he's he's the dude. So if he's saying, okay, uh there's rabbit ears and you hear it and it's more prevalent now than 15, 20 years ago when it was just message board or maybe you're down at the bars, now there's social media. I mean, there's a billion Fan interactions. I mean, social media is, can be good, bad, and ugly for you. And if if you're not thick-skinned or if you're not used to having struggles with your athletic career and you're not performing like you did in high school, you're going to hear about it. And if you've not performed at a level or it's just been a constant struggle, a battle, a grind, yeah, your confidence probably sucks right now. And it's like anything. I mean... You just got to, as you get older and grow up, you just got to, just kind of got to roll with the punches and just have selective hearing, quite frankly. And that's another part of this thing he's working on that, that's feeding into this big picture problem. Uh, one thing here with Rule, cut five, and we'll chat a little more, is the communication part. You know, how does Rule uh, know about these narratives out there well i mean he talks to his guys he checks on his guys and and his coaches and if if you're sat you're coming here from south carolina and we've heard from south carolina fans that weren't fans of his we i think we've been pretty fair at saying look you know what what are you what are you doing we're going armchair quarterback sometimes and then we're also saying <laughs> This guy's trying to make the best chicken salad ever based on injuries and in inexperience. So it is a two-way street. Who's with us? Uh, Pete is with us. In the phone Pete, line. go ahead. Thanks for calling, Pete. How are you doing today? We're good. What do you know? Well, just as a fan sitting back, it looks to me like we're a little bit uh, laxed in, in player leadership, captain-wise. You know, when, when you've won a lot of games and you won some championships – you develop a leadership in what you're going to put up with and you get a player-led team, so to speak. And I think right now, Rule does not have that. I think he's the player-led, so to speak, as the head coach, and he would like players to step up and set the example. 
but you can't do that until you start winning. So I think we have to sit back and give him some time. I think he's a real good coach. It's going to come. I know it's going to come. Uh, we just got to be patient, man. No, absolutely. And and I think he's he's talking about the, the patience, the work that's going in, and you, you boil it down. Pete, thanks for the phone call. It goes into that boring just be one and oh this week. Well, but that's where this program's at. That's where this football team is at. Uh, they have gone one step forward, two steps back, and Northwestern's been the one to push them back more times than not. And it's it's that's kind of like the perfect phone call to encapsulate what Rule's talking about in, in terms of not listening to the fans and, and having your own bubble within your team that you turn to because patience is the name of the game for the fans right now, but the team can't be patient in any way, shape, or form. The team has to be urgent every single week mm-hmm. in its preparation and being the best team possible whenever it steps in the field on Saturday. If it accepts this message of patience of, well, it's going to take a while to build, they're never going to reach the point. Not for you guys. <laughs> Rule's got his own timetable, and he, and he knows where and when to push him. Mm-hmm. To get him to a certain level, don't you think? Yeah, and that's 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 I think what he's getting at right now. Whenever he's talking about kind of separating the fans from the players, because there's two different expectations for how Rule needs to communicate his expectations with his team and, and with the fans. Whenever it's just, you know what, when your mentality is going one and zero every single week and not looking ahead and not looking at the bigger picture, it, it it does simplify things for your team and just say we need maximum urgency. Not into the grand scheme of a rebuild. We need maximum urgency from Sunday and through Friday so we can go out in the field and beat Northwestern on Saturday. And you're going to do it all again next week. And it, it sounds so obvious that, oh, you know what, you just got to focus on the next opponent in your schedule. But it's so much easier said than done whenever there's people like you and me, Schmitty, getting on the radio today and talking, man, you control your own destiny in the Big Ten West if you just go 1-0 and every single week. But if the team starts getting that mentality, it's so much harder they, to go out there. They don't know how to handle... They don't know how to handle it, the good or the or the or the bad, because the bads drug them down. They've had a lot of bad. There's been some good here with the way they've responded, but you can't just show up and expect it to happen. At, at this point in a rebuild, your margin for error is razor thin. Exactly, and and it's not always going to be perfect. And Nebraska right now is is learning to be something they haven't been for a long time. And and Pete's a thousand percent right on. The, the leadership aspect. You just don't hand it over unless you're damn certain it's going to be able to to be player-led. Well, you've got some good dudes on this team and some, some talent. What do they know? They know being home for the holidays. And they know that, okay, you, you just beat Illinois. You've had a bye week. No, a lot of Nebraska teams that these guys have been on, not their fault, but reality – They've gone out and dropped the game to Northwestern or Purdue, you know. So we'll we'll wind down this first hour, Tale Varsity, here on a Monday. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale Varsity, powered by Herdat Sports. So here is the calendar for the next week as we're on the road. Single Barrel, Thursday, 4-6, to 6, 9th and P, inside the graduate. We're back there for a Thursday night soiree. Friday, this week, at Herdat Sports Bar and Grill in La Vista. If you're headed up to the Omaha region, come see us up there. If you're listening to us in Omaha, come see us if you uh, want to and get some uh, some bang-bang sauce and a cold pint 
and uh, then get out to the high school ball games. And then Saturday ahead for the weekend edition, uh, we are noon to two ahead in Nebraska Northwestern. And don't forget, Real Red Reaction follows Nebraska Northwestern. One week from today, one week from today, we are out for some Big Ten Mondays slash little Monday night football as we'll be at Rosie's downtown. I'm excited to be at Rosie's next Monday. We want to see you down there. And that is uh, going to be 10th and P. Rosie's right across from the embassy. So a couple of Monday night shots for us down at Rosie's downtown starting next Monday. A decent Monday night game as well with the 49ers and the Vikings. The Vikings haven't had the season that they would have liked, but 49ers picked up some injuries yesterday. We'll see if those guys are back in time for Monday night football. If you don't have a guy like Christian McCaffrey or a guy like Debo Samuel, I don't know about the 49ers and their offense uh, with Brock Purdy being the most explosive playmaker that they got. If you've got to make him be the guy, good luck and God bless. Could be a good game next week. All right, uh, last side here from uh, Rule. When it comes to communicating with the the players, uh, making sure they're the same team each week, this will conclude our Rule Rewind. We'll try and get to some of the pro football focus and O-line comments next hour. That was funny. He called pro football focus a cottage industry. Sure, brother. Hilarious. I'd love to get to that, but... We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there in a little bit, but here is Rule on being able to, to read his team, and uh, you know this is all part of the build. I talk to the players a lot. I talk to the players a lot. And I've talked to them a lot in the offseason. Um, I'll meet with a bunch of like, during the week. The one, the, the thing that I've done, I think, better than I normally have is after the first two weeks, I spend a lot of time one-on-one with players. And so they kinda, they've kind of kind of given me a lot of things. But I can also just kind of feel it in my daily conversations with, like, the people in our building, right? People love to send me, like, memes from Twitter. Like, you know, like, hey, look, coach, there's a picture of you. It's just not healthy for the... It's not healthy for the team. This is a team that has to learn how to be the same team every week, right? Doesn't that what you guys all want? You guys want to come watch us play badly on Saturday? Like, we want to be the same team every week. And so that's a level of, you know, that's, that's hard to do. Either you're so talented, you don't have to do that. There's some teams that are so talented, they, they have to get up for three or four games. We have to get up for every game. We had to battle to beat Northern Illinois. We had to battle to beat La Tech. We're not in that place yet. we got to fight, scratch, and claw. So the players have kind of addressed a lot of these things with me. I'm not worried about the players. Um, as much as I'm worried about like our staff and coaches and all them, like we, we have to lead the way. I have to lead the way. I have to wake up this week feeling that same. Now, I woke up after that Michigan game, Mitch. I felt sick to my stomach that whole week. I woke up after the Colorado game. I felt like someone was standing on my chest. You know, I don't want to w- walk around this week happy. <laughs> I better feel, have the same urge to go 1-0 this week. Um, but this is not about, hey, Northwestern. This is just about the program in general. I'm trying to do a good job of addressing it to people because I went to Takema this summer and I spoke. And there was a 97-year-old woman that waited in line to meet me. And so when I think about Husker fans, I think about her. And I don't, I don't want her like, she waited in line to meet me. That's embarrassing to me. And I, don't, I just want us to be that type of a team that like, you, when you come to see us play, you know what you're going to get. And so that's the challenge for us these last six games, not to worry about what comes after them, but just to worry about how we do them. Good layout by Coach Rule as good luck. 18 to 23-year-olds, knowing what you're going to get week in, week out. That's the goal to to be consistent and predictable in a good way. Coach McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, next. This is Christian Peter. I'm sorry, but the stories I have about Charlie are not appropriate for the public. The right case of the Mondays. It's Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, on Hale Varsity Radio. 
Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. It's a Monday with Charlie, Mr. Blackshirt, the Blackshirt Hour. Coach Charlie McBride joins us as we gear up for Nebraska and Northwestern. Coach, how was the weekend? Thanks for the time today. Wet. It was <laughs> wet and cold, and it was, it was bad. It looked like some of the clouds like were down almost on the water. <laughs> it was it was so low. Everything was dark. It was typical Michigan, overcast and rain. Well, it was football weather is what you're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about that part, but uh, <laughs> all I know is that we, we got a little team here called White Pigeon, and they haven't lost a game this year, so those kids are pretty fired up. And then Sturgis, the biggest town here close by, they won their first game last night. <laughs> so, so, you know, there's nothing to – they're not arguing with each other yet. Well, that'll be good. Charlie McBride's with us. So, we listened to Coach Rule today. We went and saw him at the press conference, and he covered a bunch of things, Coach, specifically about some of the outside noise and, and learning how to win and the, the big picture being a problem – with the football program, guys ready to jump to the next thing versus handling the thing right in front of them. It's all part of that learning how to win and, and really yeah. the, the, the rebuild. Can you speak to that with just your experience as a coach on some teams that, that were building and on some teams that were really good? Well, you know, if you look at a, at a, at a home – being built, it takes a lot of people to do it. Mm-hmm. And to tear it down, it only takes one or two people to get it torn down. You know, so that that's that's where that outside noise comes in. I think there's a lot of, it's a percentage of people that are really, you know, with the noise, it's um, probably pretty low, really, mm-hmm. in, in reality. Now I, I went through the whole thing with uh, with a lot of a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, if you win nine games, you know, and it got to where we're winning thirteen and twelve a year and stuff like that, there's still something wrong with every game. <laughs> so we find something wrong, and I mean, it's 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 common sense that you know that that's what's going to happen. And, and I always figured if you pay your money, then you've got the right to do it. Yeah. So I don't know how, how you ever get away from that anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, as, as if you have the, the the good fans that we have, you know, you're, you're going to get maybe a lot more noise than you you know than you think. Um, but if you're getting like the Cubs, say for example, those people used to lose and it's all <laughs> for a while there, and then they got they they go and win a pennant, and all of a sudden it it's uh, hard to live. But it, that's just sports. I mean, it's just a, it's a tough thing, and sometimes it gets to a point where, as you see in pro football, the man, the owners can't handle it, and they fire the guy right away. And where the guys that ought to be fired are the guys that bring the people in, and that's the recruiting part of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I always thought, you know, I, I keep going back to the same thing when. When I was a young coach, Woody Say said, do you want to be a good coach? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, get good players. And that was, that was 
that was pretty simple, you know. Um, so, you know, that kind of thing is going to, you know, at a better school, you hear it at, listen, you hear it at Alabama. I mean, if you listen to Nick talk, most of the time it's talking about the negative part of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's just, that's just part of the deal, I think. Charlie McBride's with us a Monday with Charlie. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Our friend Eat Beef in the stream here says the only good part about Monday is Coach McBride on the radio. I'm paraphrasing. So you got a fan and Eat Beef. But you had, and, and you've always been super thankful with your career in Lincoln and your coaching career. Did that get to you ever, though, when, when folks would oh. come after you? You know, people say it doesn't bother them. Uh, I don't. I don't know if those people are real or they came from another planet or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think anytime somebody is just going to get, you know, and I think some of the times when you can't you know, at least say something back or set them straight as far as what you know what really happened and things like that, it's it's tough. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, you know, I don't know. It it it, it never ends, and um, it's just it's it's. I don't I don't even know sometimes what when I was there. There's always always that that fact that there there's there's always somebody that can get you a little bit, you know, make you think a little bit, make you look in the mirror at yourself, and you know sometimes you have to go. Uh, look in the mirror and introduce yourself to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and, and try to come back to earth. But, um, you know, there's always those kind of people. And, and I remember a teacher telling us, you know, when, when our high school coach was getting, getting hammered a little bit. And she said that, you know, there's always those people when they go to work, the boss is always yelling at them and this is their outlet to yell somebody else. So uh, Charlie McBride with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Charlie, so one of the other things we heard from uh, Coach Matt Rule today was talking about... You there? The... Coach, you have me? Coach, can you hear me? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. We got me now. We got me now. Oh, these phone lines, man. They're an adventure. It's uh, Charlie McBride with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, though. Is, uh... Our phone lines, Coach, not you. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, and one of the other things uh, that Matt Rule was talking about today, Charlie, was trying to keep this team from looking at the bigger picture with the Big Ten West. I'm not sure how many Big Ten West games he caught this weekend, Coach, but it was a a rough showing, but a a good showing, I guess. It's the wild, wild West. Any given Saturday might be the best way to describe the Big Ten West. And, Coach, what's your take on on balancing that bigger picture and knowing, hey, Nebraska does kind of control its own destiny this season, despite how poorly the season started with that mentality of just going 1-0 in any given week? How do you balance those two? Well, I think right balancing, you know, it, it, you know, you you the way it's the way it's was broken up. I mean, it was natural that we were the farthest one to the to the west, so it was natural that we stay in it. I, I think Indiana's maybe the one school that is, you know, west. You'd call it that, and um, but they're 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 in the east, and then that's that's how they, you know, balancing the thing is the craziest part of it. But when you have distance things like Penn State and 
maybe Michigan, but Penn State, now Maryland, and things like that. Um, you know, it's just it's money. It's travel. It's, it's so many things come into effect when the, when the commissioner's making a decision or the whoever is making the decisions on, on this stuff. It just, you know, it comes down to talking to ADs, and, and I think that's really important that each, that, that when a decision like that comes up, that, that there is some conversation with the commissioner and, and all, the, all the athletic directors um, uh, before they make a final decision. But I think when you put SC, UCLA, Oregon, and uh, uh, what is it, in Washington in the conference, <laughs> I'll tell you what, every one of them's in the top 25. So, you know, so you're, you're balancing that up big time there. It may even be a better, comp, better, and better conference than the, the East is. It's pretty good. Coach, what do you think about Nebraska in this Big Ten West mix with Iowa winning by any means defensively necessary over Wisconsin, Illinois beating Maryland? And you look at Nebraska in this mixture of the West, you feel good about Nebraska's chances, these remaining six, to make some noise. Well, let me tell you something. There can be some noise made. You know, you never know. You never know what what uh, in the next few games can really mess this thing up. <laughs> and uh, and and uh, you know, it's a funny thing. You almost look at it. I I haven't put the pencil to it yet. But you win the rest of your games, you may be the guy sitting on on top in this in this conference. And uh, so you know you you know. That crazier things have happened before, and if the players realize what they can do, not only go to a bowl game, but uh, you know, get 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 right up in there and prove yourself, so that they're starting to talk about you next year. You know, and that's how you know that's how traditions are started. That's how the you know the whole name of the game is is put together. Uh, next year's a whole new a whole new deal. And uh, but if you ended up this year, you know, with with some surprises, it really helps. Coach, what did you think of of this weekend with Notre Dame and USC? <laughs> well, I tell you what, it, you know, Notre Dame is up, and you know, it, they're confused. They've confused me a little bit in 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 some of their you know some of the games, but. You know, if they're really playing well, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, Ohio State game will tell you now everybody says Ohio State's, you know, behind Michigan or a little behind. And that, that's the kiss of death right there. <laughs> so put your wallet back in your pocket and, um, you know, be smart about that one because, oh, I, everybody's going to say, oh, Michigan and everything like that. But, uh, you know, I, I just uh, – Myself, you know, the worst thing to do is have coaches predict things and do things because they they are really bad. I mean, if you look at all the coaches that think, what do you think the score is going to be? That's the biggest laugh of all of them, you know, and because uh, they're always wrong. And, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, no, I get, no worries I, I, there. I get it. Huh? 
I said, no worries there. I, I do have to ask you about, about this Saturday. What's, what's going to be the difference for Nebraska-Northwestern? Well, the biggest thing always is going to be turnovers. I don't care how you cut it. And uh, right now, Northwestern probably statistically, and in, in if you go through the whole thing, it's in the, in the Big Ten and the, and the uh, National, is better than we are mm-hmm. at, at you know, and especially in third downs and red and red zone stuff. And that, uh, of course, in the you know the rushing game, no, in the running game, no, they're not. So what does that tell you? Run the ball because they're not they're not uh, you know breaking the world record there. You've got to run the ball against anybody, anyone at least. Give it a try and and do the best you can. And right now we're probably on the edge of being okay or pretty good at running the football. So, you know, I put my marbles in that. And, and a team that can run and maintain position of it to me is a better team. Coach, last week we learned that Matt Rule sat down with with To and talked about the option game as they look forward to their final six games of the year. They they might turn to that a little bit more over the final six games. I want to get your thoughts first off on on what you think that Coach Rule could glean from Tom in a, in a sit-down like that, and do you think they should be running the option mm-hmm. more to finish the year as you talk well, about that running attack? People don't understand this, but if I think, and I'm a defensive guy, but the hardest position on our offense to play was fullback. And because he had he had, he had to read things and go block things and watch linemen slant and go one way and, have to change direction on the move and, and with the ball or without the ball. He doesn't know he's, you know, a lot of times because he's the dive back. But uh, to me, when you have an offensive line like us, to me there's there should be a lot of down blocks and there should be a lot of double teams. And you can get that out of um, some of the option stuff. And uh, the trap blocks, you know, you have to be careful with because they have to have linemen that can adjust going up the field, you know, make a change of direction and do things. And I don't know whether we have that kind of people yet. You know, I don't know. I just don't. I'm not there. So I I don't know. I may be com- completely wrong. But a lot of times when you have a running game like ours, it's the, the stretch plays and some of those because they're not fast. You got to have speed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to be an athletic person to, to run the stretch, and people don't understand. You know, sometimes coaches don't even understand that. It's just one of the things we need to do this because everybody's doing it. You know, the old copycat rule. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I I don't look at it that way. I look at what you can do the best uh, with your with your personnel, and I think if, uh, you know, if you put that fullback in there and go back and look at the film, I'll tell you what, you know, when you talk about a kickout block or a hook block on the outside people, the guy's good at it, and um, I was surprised that he's not taking more of a, a look at this thing because you know I remember our. We won a lot of games with just ISO, ISO and ISO pass. And uh, when that safety comes jumping up on that run, <laughs> it's a touchdown. You know, and then the, you know, when the coaches in the press box see that happening, then they're going. But, again, 
option game when you're not running it all every day, all through preseason. That's that's a that's a really a technical deal, mm, Charlie, and um, it takes some time. Coach, enjoy your Saturday. Cheer hard, and we'll talk to you next Monday. How's that sound? Well, we're going to leave. I think well, Jared and I are going Wednesday, and we'll be there for the game. So I'll be able to. I'll have to be real nice because I'm going to sit up there with Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, you take care and enjoy the trip. Okay. See you next week. Okay. Bye now. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the Big Red and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing? It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, Blackshirt Monday. Jay Moore with us, Blackshirt Husker NFLer. And Big Red wrap-up at Jay Moore 44. Jay, have you warmed up from the weekend? How was the off week? Off week was good. No, I have warmed up. That was – You didn't try and golf in this, did you? No, I – you know, there's no way. Uh, I had an <laughs> opportunity to, a couple of them. Actually, yeah, two different ones. And uh, I just said, no thanks. Uh, when uh, you got a, a bum hip and – the cold is just doesn't uh, work well. You need you know it needs to be above sixty degrees, or no wind. You know if it starts you know it gets into the upper forties, lower fifties, it better be pretty calm. Otherwise, it's this time of year too. If it would be different if it, if we were coming out of spring or coming out of winter, heading to spring, fifty degrees, little wind feels pretty good. But after it's been you know eighty five degrees here for a long time, that uh, those. Those forty degree temps with the with the breeze, they don't feel too good. And I was I was walking my dogs out at Mahoney Park on on Sunday morning as we we're doing the big loop, walking past the golf course, and there was a, a good number of golfers out there at Mahoney on Sunday morning. The morning after the rain, it was cold, it was windy, and I just tipped my cap on them and kept walking. And said, "Better you than me. It's not a <laughs> yeah. golfing day for me." I I really yeah. should have made some chili over the weekend. I didn't, but it was <laughs> a, it was a perfect chili weekend. It was good weekend of college football. Uh, if you love defense, you you saw that in Wisconsin. If you love offense, you got the uh, the future Big Ten bros in Oregon and Washington. Nebraska got to kick their feet up. And Jay, uh, a lot going on with Matt Rule today in his press conference and. I want to get into to the rabbit ears part of things with players and paying attention to social media or radio or message boards and all of that. There was a little bit of, of that when you played, but how much of it is a is a, a real issue? I mean, it, it is because Rule's talking about it, but you know what? You've got a sensitivity you could appreciate from the player's standpoint. And then, you know, the trying to get it fixed and the results on the field. What do you uh, make of, of all of that with kind of the the climate around the program the last few years? Well, there's something to it. I think nowadays it's, it's, it's really difficult to kind of get yourself away from it, especially with NIL. You almost have to have a social media account to some extent, to some extent mm-hmm. if you want to make a few bucks. And I get that. Uh, you have to be – you, you probably have to set some boundaries up to keep yourself away from it. Otherwise, if you're not going to set up any boundaries or have someone else, you know, manage your account or whatever it may be, you got to be tough. You got to be tough minded because people, 
anyone, everyone can have, can have access to you. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to put a name behind it. It could be uh, it could be a fake name. It could be a burner account, whatever it is. People can get access to you. And you, you have to make a quick decision whether or not you want to listen to it. And some people might be motivated by the, the talk, whether it's negative or positive, because you can get a little complacent if, you know, you have a couple good weeks potentially. But you also could beat yourself down if, uh, if you know, you, you guys, the team has struggled or you have struggled and, and you can kind of, you can let that stuff eat you up. So I think this kind of depends on how you are as a person. I think if Coach Rule had his way, uh, there'd be no access to social media. It's just, but it's just different time, uh, different times. You know, I, it was easier to not pay attention to it, you know, 10, 15 years ago when I was playing. Uh, there just wasn't as much. If you wanted to li- read something, you either had to have a message boards account or you had to read a physical newspaper. You know, that's just what it is. So uh, it's always going to be chatter. I, I guarantee you, you know, uh, Georgia's dealing with negative chatter. Michigan's probably dealing with negative chatter. Ohio State, all the top teams, instead of a loss, there's still negative chatter out there as well. So I think it takes good programs, good coaches, and mental tough players just to kind of, if you see it, it's just kind of, it's got to be almost, you know, water off your back. No big deal. Well, Jay, have you seen what the uh, the Philadelphia Phillies fans did this year for Trey Turner. He was having a rough year, and then in one game, all the Phillies fans got together. They gave him a standing ovation every single at-bat he got up there, despite the fact that he was in probably the worst slump of his career. And he finished with a month and a half of fantastic baseball. And he, he has gone in, in post-game interviews and credited the fans with helping change his mindset. Is there something to that feeling, the the support of the fans behind you, as opposed to hopping on social media and, and only seeing the negativity? Because whenever it, it affects a pro athlete at the stature of a guy like Trey Turner, you can only imagine what it does for college students. Sure. I, I, that's cool. That happened for him. I, I did not know that. And I think Philly fans get <laughs> some of the worst fans out there, but it's the last place cool. I'd draft Jay bird that would give uh, some love to a player that wasn't performing. Right. Very surprising on that one. But I, I think, I think it would have a, a positive effect too. Like I said, it just, there's always there's necessary evils, right? And I think you got to take everything with a grain of salt. Uh, too much, you know. Uh, I always a little too much enthusiasm, false enthusiasm, as I like to say, is, is a problem. And too much negativity, you gotta you gotta take it in the right doses and the in the right time frame. But like I said, you got to utilize it to your advantage, whether it's negative or positive. If the positive, if you're haven't been uh, doing well, and you know you got some positive reinforcement, great, good good job, use it. Uh, like I said, if you ha- if you have been struggling, use that negativity to your advantage too. So, I, I, like I said, everyone takes it differently. I, I I I react probably better to to negative than I do positive. I just it's I remember my my worst plays and my worst moments better than I re- remember my better ones. So, uh, just everyone's different in those situations. One of the best terms ever on on the cesspool that is social media was from Scott Van Pelt. That guy's message board mad, you know, pointing out a fan, <laughs> pointing out a fan that was losing it over something that went wrong for uh, his team. But Nebraska is trying to stay grounded. They don't want to look too much into the future. Matt Rule doesn't want to focus on the big picture. The big picture eventually is going to be built on what happens today in practice, this week in practice in a response to a team that's always seemed to have Nebraska's number when they need a win at their most, and that's Northwestern this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love this, his comments. It's always, it's always easy, and it's easy for us as a fan base and as media to kind of look into the future. 
what does the rest of the schedule look like? I mean, we do it every week on, on Big Red Wrap-Up. What do the next six games look like? How many games do you think Nebraska can win? And honestly, it's, you, have, you have to talk about it, but from a, a realistic standpoint, you have to – it is. It's, this, it's, it's breaking it down. It's Northwestern is the most important game this week. And guess what's most, the most important thing today? Practice. Guess what's the most important thing tomorrow? Practice. Like there's just, I think uh, it's always, it's so, so easy to look in the near future and, and you got to stay nearsighted. You have to stay nearsighted. You have to, I always call them small wins, right? Win today, win, win Monday, win Monday's practice, win Tuesday's uh, weightlifting session, win, Tuesday, win Tuesday's uh, recovery session, win Tuesday's practice. It's little small small victories. I'm sure everyone's seen the, you know, the Navy SEALs when they're in their budge training. They said the guys who look to the future, they always are the ones that ring the bell and drop out. It's the guys who can just win small battles, the small challenges. It's the small ones. You just got to stay in the present and win the small ones and, and control the things you can control. But if you think you look into the future, it's like, man, how am I going to ever make it two weeks without, you know, only operating on, you know, four days or four hours of sleep, whatever it is that they do. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to just, wear yourself out. So I love, you have to operate that. I think, uh, I think that's just kind of being in the zone. I think when teams, you know, you want to look at a golfer playing well, they're never thinking about their final score. They're not thinking about how many holes they have left. It's just the next shot. What's my next shot look like? What's my next putt look like? They're not thinking about their overall score. It's always just finding those small battles and, and finding those small wins. And I couldn't agree more. That's what makes that's, that's mature thinking. That's uh, tough-minded thinking, mentally tough thinking. So once you get to that point, you're going to have a pretty mentally strong and a, and a pretty good program. It's Jay Moore with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking Nebraska coming off the bye as we begin looking ahead to Northwestern. And Jay, tell me about the, the mood around a team following a bye week because you hear it in sports a lot, rest versus rust. And you don't usually get that coming out of a bye week. It's usually a chance for you to get right as opposed for a chance to get rusty. But how do you make sure you don't come out of a bye week flat? Yeah, I think good teams and good coaches, you got to do, you definitely have to do a quick inventory of how things have gone the first six games, a self scout. What have we done well? What do we need to improve on? And that's from a coaching standpoint and a team aspect. That's all three phases. You want to, you know, go a little more, you know, micro versus macro. It's like, how are we doing as a run? How are we in third and short situations? Just things you're, you got, you're always going to do that. You got to look at your health of your team. Do we need to push them? Can we push them or do we need to get healthy? I think Nebraska is in a, offensively they're beat up, but I think they're not in a situation where you can rest them. I think they, you had to, they need to get some good on good reps. Now, not a ton, but let's get out here and let's get a good hour work in of, Good, solid physical practice. Keep it going off the ground. We're going to get some work in because you do not want to get rusty. You got to keep the eyes sharp. You got to keep the, the hand placement right, pad level right. Cause those things can quickly go away halfway through the season. You're, you're dealing with some younger players. So you got you to stay on those. And then, like I said, you got it's you, you get a couple time, you know, a couple days off. You know, you get to go home, watch the high school team play, get some R&R, &R, and then it's back. It's, it's time to go. And it's, I know they are back yesterday. Uh, getting getting a walkthrough in, getting the game plan put together, and they're on the field. It's it's time to go. Uh, they can they can win this game just as easily as they can lose this game against Northwestern. So nothing you can't be feeling yourself coming off a win. You have to attention to detail and taking care of you know everything that matters the most, and that's you know winning each and every day. Jay, how did you guys kind of have the the mentality to 
to, to, to get rid of the complacency and, and focus in with games down the stretch and, and even bounce back after maybe misstepping? Yeah, it's, it's a boring, <clears throat> mundane answer, but every week was the same. You approached it the same way, right? It's, does it, it just you didn't matter if it was week one or week seven, week two or week nine. You approached the same way. Our game plans, the way we structured practices were the same. You didn't alter things because all of a sudden you were in, you know, different time frames. We prepared for Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game just the same way as we prepared for Louisiana Tech in week one. You know, it's just it's not putting a certain situation on the pedestal. It's not making a bigger deal out of what it needs to be like. Uh, you just you prepare it. I think you mature teams and good teams, and I would say we were fairly mature. We were an older team, you know, my last couple of years. And we just approached practice the right way. We prepared the right way. Uh, guys were, you know, guys got mad if they, they they screwed something up in practice. You know, it wasn't just slough it off and let's go to the next play. It's like, no, we need to redo that so I get it right. I need to know I can do it right in practice. Otherwise, if that play's called in the game, I don't want to have to be thinking about, you know, that I, that I messed this, this, this scheme up in practice. I don't want to slow my thinking down. So, uh, I think it's just it's it's a multiple it's multiple things, but essentially, it's every week's the same. Prepare the same way, take care of your things individually, and if everyone has that same approach, usually going to be pretty solid. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Moore's with us. Hale Varsity Radio at Jay Moore forty four on Twitter is where you find him. Jay, as you look towards Northwestern and uh, Nebraska's going to get Reimer back, that's big. Uh, defensively, that's going to be the strength. But what's your outlook like for the offense as, as Nebraska is into that second season now? Yeah. <laughs> I really just want them to take care of the football. That's what the most important thing. <laughs> Burn some time, punt it inside the 20. Yeah. And, just, and just score, score enough. Score enough. Just score enough points. I, I, I'm not going to sit here. Yeah, would I like them to, you know, start scoring 35 points a game and, you know, 500 yards offense? That'd be great. That's just not going to happen. And I don't think rules want – it's going to It's going to be uh, – that tempo's not going to happen. Uh, you got to win, you know, in the ways that you, you think you can win and you know you can win. And that's – you got to be able to take care of the football. You got to be able to run, run the football, and own the time of possession, and let your defense go to work. Because that's the strength of your team. Uh, I, you know, just with the injuries on the offensive side, you know, losing Marcus Washington, losing uh, Ramirez Johnson and Gabe Irvin, and you know, some other guys are banged up. I know Ethan Piper's playing with a broken hand, and uh, you're playing a backup quarterback essentially. It's you got you got to find ways, and I think they're finding ways. And if they can just take care of the football, and and you know the pre-snap penalties, you know, where you're getting the false starts, those, uh, if you can clean those up, they're going to be just fine. But there's, you're playing younger players and, and you're getting a new offense. You're going to, you're going to have some issues. I just, I just think take care of the football. And literally, <laughs> I mean, just, I, I think if Nebraska honestly gets three touchdowns the rest of the year on offense, they're going to be pretty darn good. I mean, realistically thinking, if they can score 21 points the rest of the year, I think they're going to be okay. We're going to be in uh, in great positions to to win, you know, five out of the six last, uh, you know, of these opponents. You mean you mean 21 points per game, correct? Yes. 
What did I say? You, you said you scored. I assumed you meant per he, game. He the rest expanded of the year. on it, but I was a little concerned. You meant three total touchdowns across six no, no, games, no, no, and I was like, two, two field goals, baby. Give <laughs> yeah, me two no, no, field no, no, goals no, again. Yeah, no, let's let's clarify there. I, I need to clarify because I didn't have I I misspoke on bigger wrap up last week, and I didn't did do a good job of clarifying, and I cut hell for that too. So uh, <laughs> saying, you know, I I said that. Nebraska hasn't had a road conference win in many, many years. I was referring to a win at Illinois in many, many years. And I was quickly reminded that they won at Rutgers and Iowa this, you know, last year. So, no, 21 points. If they can score three touchdowns every game in this last six games, I think they'll be okay. I really do. That's a good well, number. Realistically, what do you think about a, a, a 21 number in the West? I think that would give Nebraska a really good chance with its defense to go win all six games. But the question to me, Jay, is how realistic is 21 points a game and, and – and are you comfortable putting your defense in a position to go win you those six games? You really like what the defense has, and I think the defense understands what its mission is going to have to be over the, the remaining six games. But do you like the defensive chances to go out there and win you six ball games to go close the season? Because I think based on what we saw this weekend with Maryland falling to Illinois, Wisconsin's offense really looking really, really bad against Iowa, I think the the chances that Nebraska's defense can go out and get you six wins to close the year, while that's still distant, it's better than I thought it was last week. Yeah, I no, I think it's I'm totally fine with that. Like I said, if we win ten to seven, hey, awesome. Fifteen to six, great. Whatever it may be, I, I'm totally okay. I think they're going to have to this this the rest of the season. This is the way the season's gone. It's it's solely on the defensive shoulders, right? Just keep playing good. You've seen the two best offenses that you're going to see uh, knocking on wood, right? I mean, you saw Colorado and Michigan, but let's be honest, Northwestern and Purdue, you know, have, has they're they're okay. They weren't great against Ohio State this last this last week at home, but you're going to be you're going to have a chance to, you know, continue to play well. You're not you're not seeing uh, top 25 offenses, so I, I, I'd be okay. I'm totally fine with that. If they just keep doing their thing, everyone stays healthy, young guys keep coming along. I love the fact that they got some turnovers created against Illinois. They're going to have to keep doing that. But no doubt in my mind, if this defense continues to play well, they're in every game this year. I love this build mentality by rule, and it's it's immediate in the moment. And, yeah, I mean, you have the opportunity as we can talk about the future, the big picture, and uh, – the West is is still gettable for Nebraska and, and a lot of other teams right now. And it's it starts with Northwestern, and that's been a team that's been a pain in the neck for Nebraska. It's been, it's been a team or a game that Nebraska has overlooked or not done the little things right that has allowed Northwestern some upset wins or some miraculous comebacks. And I, I guess I don't worry about that as much with this regime because of how pinpoint they are with the, the – the little things, the details. Last thought here, Jay, we'll get you out. But a wild week six in the NFL. Uh, your Niners took one on the chin with Cleveland at the buzzer. Philly got stunned by the Jets. But you've just got parody, dude. And you see it in the NFL where there's razor-thin margin for error. What's your backup quarterback or your number two guy do? And I know you lived it in the NFL, but so far it's been a wild ride of must-see finishes. Yeah. I mean, you have the Niners getting beat by the Browns and they lose two of their best offensive players. The, you know, the Eagles go on the road and lose the Jets. It's just kind of just one of those 
weird weeks. Um, I love the fact that the Bengals are getting their getting their feet. You know, there seems like they're becoming what we we know them as. And you know, with Joe Burrow getting healthy and getting reps and just getting comfortable again at the timing with his guys. And you know, Jamar Chase is still, you know, if not one of the best the best wide receivers in the NFL. So it's fun to see them finally get going again. But it's just it's tough, man. It is so hard. Injuries uh, when you're when you're only able to you know suit up 46 guys on a on a Sunday or a Monday or Thursday, whatever that day might be. It's it's you're beat up and you're you got to play younger players and newer players. It's it's a it's a grind and you, you're going to see that you, the Cowboys uh, Chargers tonight on Monday night should be interesting. But listen, any I think you know with 17 games now, teams just are just just get us to the playoffs, man. Mm. You know if we if we can win the division, great, and maybe catch a bye. If not, man, let's just get to the playoffs and keep healthy. It's you know those the days of teams going 16, 17, and 0 now, uh, I, I think are long are long gone. I thought I honestly thought how good the Niners have played early. My gosh, they could potentially have a shot, but obviously that's done now, mm-hmm. and they got to figure out if McCaffrey and Debo Samuel are able to uh, how long they're going to be out because otherwise that offense is going to struggle uh, even even more. I know they've been they've been really good, but they struggled in the second half of that game without those two guys in there, and and that you know that 49ers defense is fantastic. So. It's just that time of the year, man. Every injuries and it's just weird. You know, the Giants looking halfway decent at the Bills last night. The Bills able to get it done. So it's just any any given week, any given day. Uh, you just you just never know because a week the, the season's so long. You can catch some good teams slipping. It just happens. It's just part of the season. And but that's that's why you have seventeen games to play. You don't need to win them all. You just got to win enough of them to make the playoffs and see what happens. Jay Moore with his black shirt, Husker NFLer, Big Red Wrap-Up at Jay Moore 44. Jay Bird, we'll see you on Big Red Wrap-Up this week and check in next time. Thanks again. Yep. Thanks, boys. Gotta love Jay Moore, black shirt, Husker NFLer, and appreciate his time. Get the podcast with Hale Varsity Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, download, tell a buddy, and uh, subscribe that way. It doesn't cost you anything. Hail Varsity YouTube channel and give us a follow the Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Big thanks to all of you who chimed in today on the stream Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Didn't get to everybody. That is not intentional. We'll try and do better tomorrow. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. As uh, Monday edition, tomorrow on the show, we'll have Mitch Sherman and Matt Verzel. We're efforting Lars Anderson, maybe. Lars is a maybe tomorrow. But a good week as we get you ready for Nebraska Northwestern. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. That's where you download the show. And hopefully you subscribe. Uh, You're invited to do that. Good stuff from Matt Rule today. Big thanks to... Jay Moore from Elkhorn. Dave, gotcha. <laughs> and a big thanks to Charlie McBride. I'm wondering if, if Uncle Charlie is just going to do the clean sweep. He was at Illinois with Jared Tomich. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be at Northwestern. Is that what he was saying? Yeah. Okay, so we'll see Coach. So he's going to be up in T.O. Suite on Saturday. Yeah, so we'll see Coach Saturday. Speaking of, T.O. Suite is beautiful have you ever seen it i have not how the hell have you seen it oh my uh husker vision all access oh pass. okay sometimes they're just be like so we had to sh- show up super early before the games in case anything went wrong 
you know, you had, you want to have adequate time to fix it. So usually there's a good two hour period where I could go down and try to meet Bill Murray whenever he was at a game or go try to sneak my way into the locker room, which I maybe did once. Um, did you ever, not that you would have done this, but would have been really gutsy on your part is in the TO suite. If you would have had like, even if it was just water, you had hors d'oeuvres. No, I know, but I'm saying like fake bottles of tequila in Tio's suite <laughs> that was really water. <laughs> Lord knows the last few years you needed a, you needed salt, you needed lime, you needed something to get through. And, and Coach Rule nailed the one in five as the seasons pile up. Yeah, no, but uh, I did not spend very long. I just went and like kind of caught the view. And I, I didn't want to hear some police. That's north end zone, right? Son, what are you doing? Yeah, it's, it's below the scoreboard, north end zone. Yeah, yeah, okay. So beautiful, beautiful view. You get that end zone angle. Huh? It's nice up there. He had some hors d'oeuvres going, and I was like, okay. So you, I, I don't, did I don't you get dirty some hors d'oeuvres? No, no, no. You didn't just sh- you didn't just grab a plate and get in line. No, this is the point where they're like setting up all the suites. Uh-huh. So I, I was just quickly in and out, wanted to catch the view. Nice view. I mean, obviously, you'd expect To's got the nice view, but. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite nice to see. That was the coolest thing I saw during my my Husker Vision adventures before the game, or or kids fist bumping me in the tunnel walk, thinking I'm someone more important than I am. That was fun. Uh, or usually it would just be going up to the, the media row and stealing the media food without anybody asking too many questions. That was always fun because they gave us the worst. You know food. what you probably should have done is during the height of the recruiting worship of Calabrasca. You should have just had shades on. Said I was a recruit. Said, well, just uh, just on the name tag, I'm with Buki. Ha, <laughs> ha, no, uh, no. We we did uh, get some occasional. Whenever the field would clear off, we'd we'd take a football down and go play some play? games on the field, some mini like two hand touch games. And I'm pretty sure everyone in that stadium knew that I did not play for Nebraska. Whenever they saw those games. How was your kick your kick out on pass pro? We didn't really do pass pro in two hand touch football games, so I was I was thrown into coverage and my back pedal's Ooh. not not great. What are we doing tonight? Dallas or LA? What do you want? I think the line's three and a half. You pick up. Give me Dallas. I got okay. I got CeeDee Lamb on my fantasy team, so I need a big game from him. So I'll you need Dallas. Uh, I was way off picking against the Irish. Picking against the Tar Heels. Back tomorrow at 4, we have a yes from Lars Anderson.